0: and finding new ones along the way. Hey hey, Habit Thrivers and Sleep Enthusiasts, welcome to episode number 21 of your Habit Thrive Podcast. We are diving into part three of our focus for the month of November on sleep. So we have been reverse engineering this concept of getting a good night's sleep or see, I even use that terminology, getting a good night's sleep. Ah, I'm letting that go. We are surrendering and letting go into a good night's sleep. And we are letting go of that concept of getting. Somewhere, Even at the end of the day, sometimes we are still trying to get. So that is definitely one thread that I'd like you to notice has been going through this podcast as we let go and surrender into sleep. Now before we dive into the specifics of this episode, and again the title is A Good Day's Waking Leads to a Good Night's Sleeping. Now that is from Dr. Andrew Weil. I heard that many years ago and I love it and I absolutely share it. So we'll be diving in in a moment, but before we do that I wanted to mention a couple of things just around the concept of, first of all, being a sleep enthusiast. So again, that's how I describe myself. I am not a sleep expert from, let's say, a a medical perspective. I come to you with these tips and techniques from a yoga perspective, an Ayurvedic perspective, the sister science to yoga, also from my focus on habits and routines. So. Personally, I have been obsessed with getting, here we go again, with surrendering to a good night's sleep uh, for as long as I can remember, and I have also done workshops over the years for my class participants for my online participants. And so I continue to dig into the research around sleep. So that being said, if you are, let's say, thinking you may have a specific sleep disorder or sleep condition, this is actually the ideal time to speak to your healthcare practitioner, because since COVID, there has been more of a spotlight on sleep. There has been actually more research. There are more resources online. And in fact, you can also have access to health practitioners online. So in terms of my background or connection to sleep apnea, my husband has sleep apnea. And so over, I'm going to say many years now, he has done sleep studies and they are not in our community. So we need to travel here in Northern Ontario for these sleep studies. Now, I am assuming, and we actually haven't done a follow-up since COVID, but the access to be able to do some of these follow-ups now online are there. So it is more accessible to follow-up if you are, again, thinking at all you might have, you might have a condition or something that can be helped by a medical practitioner. Also to know that what we're talking about in this sleep series for the month of November can absolutely be used to supplement anything that you might be doing with your healthcare practitioner. But again, just to mention what you are doing so it can all go into a nice routine. So that was one thing I wanted to mention. The other thing I wanted to mention is that I take the approach to my sleep, similar to the approach I take to nutrition, and to fitness, and to life, and that is the 80-20 rule. I absolutely do not sleep 100% every single night, perfectly, all through the night, and wake up in the morning, bouncing out of bed. No. However, my goal is to have more nights like that. Now, what that means is, in terms of that 80-20, for example, is that I allow myself some flexibility on the weekend. So when we start to look at the routine during the day, there are things that change on the weekend. Now, I will say that we go to bed at a similar time on the weekends that we do during the week. So, so that's a bonus, but it's also um, a reflection of not having a flourishing social life either, but that's all good. Sometimes, honest to goodness, I will choose sleep over a flourishing social life. However, That is still part of our overall health and wellness. And so when that happens, and it's going to happen moving into the holidays as well, where you are eating at different times, you're perhaps going to bed a little bit later, your routine is changing. So when we go into those times in our lives that we are expecting that, And um, flowing with that, it it makes a difference for sure. So in the morning, for example, when you're going into those kind of days, like whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday, or even during the week, you might be working and you have some events that are coming up around the holidays. The only thing I would suggest around that is that when you get up in the morning on whatever day might be having an event that might be throwing you off your routine, is to just think about your future self. So if you know that you are meeting somebody for coffee or you know, a cha- I love a chai latte at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now my sleep doesn't love it, but I do love it. So I think ahead in the morning. So if I'm normally having I play with that range of one to one and a half to two cups of coffee. Sometimes my goal actually is to have my second caffeinated beverage, or to be a tea, is to have it to be a tea, and to have my caffeinated beverages done in a window somewhere between, let's say, 6 a.m. in the morning and 9 in the morning so that's ideal. If I am sipping my coffee until 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock and it goes back in the microwave and comes back out and I don't even want to know sometimes how often um, a cup of tea or coffee is put in the microwave that's a whole other episode but my that is my window because I also know that even though let's say it is a second cup of coffee it does make a difference if it is consumed for me, this is me again personally, by 9 o'clock than it is if I'm sipping it till 11 or 12. And again, if I'm thinking, oh, I'd like to have that latte at 3 o'clock, with my friend, then my future self in the morning is saying one cup of coffee, have it early because I'm going to have that cup a little later on. And that goes with everything as we plan, let's say around our treats for the holidays. And if we are going out because we are going to be having a bigger dinner over the holidays. So what does that mean for planning from our future self perspective? gives us more control. It may end up being a better night's sleep, but you also know those nights that you go in and it's not a great night's sleep. You but you had a fantastic time. You it was Great. So you get up, you do tired, and you might even say in your brain that was worth it. So that is my my 80-20 rule for sure. Weekends change a little bit. We have brunch, let's say at 10.30 on Saturday and Sunday. We don't do that during the week. Now I might say that there sometimes is a little adjustment period Sunday to Monday And I realize that, I recognize that for what it is, but sometimes it's not. So then I come back to that 80-20 rule. Makes me relax, makes me let go, enjoy life a little bit with, though, the goal of sleeping better, because I do know that I am clearer, that I have more energy, that I'm in a better mood, um, that I'm not dealing actually with the up and down of the food cravings when sleep is quite consistent. So those are the two kind of points I wanted to make before we uh, dove into today's episode. It's actually part of today's episode, I should say. But we're going to come back to the day's routine, where we left off. So if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to uh, part one and part two, they, they work beautifully together. So we left off part two at dinner time. Now, the evening was letting go into sleep in terms of light and temperature and things on our list and all of that. So at dinner time, what you're thinking about is eating at a fairly regular time, again, because your digestion and when you, if you are having a snack, and I'm going to say at least two hours before bed, if you are snacking, because you may not, you might have your supper and that might be it. So with your supper, though, you are looking at a lighter supper than your lunch. So our digestive fire is not as strong at dinner time as it is between that pitta time. 10 a.m and 2 p.m for our lunch. So lighter, not spicy, because again you want to be able to to sleep and just a really nice combination. I'm going to say for sure in the fall season that you are looking at warm and creamy uh, like a, a veggie chili or a casserole something that is still satisfying, but not your heaviest meal in terms of digestion or even calories. So then actually, as I'm saying that, you are looking at portion because you are looking at lighter, However, you could swap up, for example, if you are normally a soup person at lunch, you might play with having your soup at dinner, which is warm and it might be creamy or it might be brothy, but you've got a nice combination in there that allows you to sleep at lunchtime. Now, this is a huge flip. I, we are still working on this. However, I do know that it helps and works, but it is a huge routine switch in our society to have your biggest meal, heaviest meal at lunchtime. And in the fall season, when I say light, I'm not talking about cold salads could be warm salads, but we are looking at warm and creamy and um, something that feels like it's giving us a a hug. So when you are looking at that combination of your evening meal and your lunch, then you may have your potatoes or pasta, um, casseroles, and and if it's a, a chili, again, a heavier chili, especially if you like it spicy, then that is more of a lunch event than a dinner. And I'm just throwing it out there because I do know that that is a big switch. In the month of November, remember we are being open, we are exploring, we are being curious. And this is actually the opportunity to try this. Now it does change for me, for sure. It changes my morning routine, because if I am doing a, uh, let's say, a more involved lunch, then it changes it up. But if I back it up from there and come back to the weekend where there is prep done on the weekend, then regardless again of whether you're retired or you're still working, it still is about finding that time and what works best for for you, for your routines and coming back to the fact that if you are thinking This is taking a lot of time and it will take more time initially for sure. Just keep reminding yourself that this is for your sleep. And I do that as well. It's just, okay, this is taking a little bit of time. Yes, there's a few more dishes, um, but yes, take advantage actually of all of those Uh, chef's plate and uh, good food those different services as well can absolutely play into your routine and you don't have to be working to enjoy them for sure so that they end up going into your plan if that's working for you twice a week so there's lots of things that Again, we can explore, I'm still exploring, and I'll keep sharing with you as well. So that is the dinner time, a little bit lighter, you might be swapping up your meals between your dinner and your lunch. Now when we go back to that time, let's back it up to, let's say, 3 o'clock, I'm going to use 3 o'clock, some of you it's 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock for me is a transition time. 3 o'clock is the time that perhaps we are craving something. We don't even know what we're craving. Often we think we're craving caffeine or we're craving uh, something to eat, but sometimes we're just craving something different. We're feeling like it's a transition time. That is the opportune time to actually head outside for a walk and why that is, again, at 3 o'clock. Now, I'm suggesting from a light perspective for your sleep, again, just for the month of November, (laughs) if you'd like, that you play with getting outside in the morning, the afternoon. Now, morning and afternoon for sure. I've said before, in other episodes that we actually walk at night because my husband is working in a in a structured let's say occupation where it is easier at the end of the day to walk at night and we like to take our dog out at night so it is pitch black right now and that importance of getting the morning light for me and that three o'clock light is huge so one of the other recommendations around that uh, getting out at three o 'clock it 's a transition time your brain is wanting to do something different it can you could actually come back and go i 'm not actually hungry i 'm just going to have a little bit of water and i 'm going to head out and If you have a dog to walk, that is ideal as well so there have been studies in the last few years on the benefits of Walking, definitely on the benefit of light. So I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But the benefits of physical activity during the day affecting our sleep. So if you're combining a walk, now let's say it's a crazy cold minus 40 day, you're still going to get the benefit of walking uh, on a treadmill inside for your sleep, according to some of these studies on on physical activity. The one thing you want to think about, though, is you, and I've mentioned this in other episodes, it's not a, a, a vigorous, vigorous walk in terms of what the studies are, and it's not a run. The study that I'm going to share with you right now is a moderate, walk. Now for some of you who like to get on a spinning bike and like to do high intensity during the day, the only recommendation is for some people not to do it, let's say within an hour or two of bed, of high intensity physical activity. That is actually better served in the morning or afternoon, if that works for you. But in terms of a moderate walk and the studies, this one is a specific study that was done in 2019 called walk to a better night of sleep testing the relationship between physical activity and sleep so this was in sleep health and in particular they were um, looking at the the age-wise middle-aged and older adults and adding physical activity adding more steps into their day. Now what they found was that averaged across the month, so they were doing this was actually a short amount of time in terms of a uh, a four-week study, but across the month daily active minutes were positively related to sleep quality. Not so much duration, but sleep quality and gender moderated this relationship because it was men and women women who took more steps and were more active reported sleeping better than those who were less active so again that is one of the studies and if you just google uh, relationship between walking or relationship between physical activity and sleep you will see many come up so that's why i like to combine it in an ideal world if it's not 40 below uh, out for a walk getting that light on your eyes in combination with the um, the actual physical activity. So that is around, I'm gonna throw that out there, that is around three o'clock if that works for you four o'clock might be getting a little bit late but it has to it's still going to be a benefit because let's say it's the end of the day and you're able to go out for that walk and it's still it's still light out or it may not be light but you're safely out there and again i'm just gonna throw it out there wear that reflective clothing for sure that's been something we've been doing in the last couple of years even on jammer she's got her little reflective vest because um, yeah, it's really dark right now. In, the, in November it's extremely, extremely dark as we're getting used to that uh, in, the, uh, in the early evening. So from here as you back it up, I already mentioned that that backing up to lunch. Now I am going to just mention one other around napping, and I get that question quite often. I'm not a napper on the weekends, but if I'm going to nap, it's actually, remember I talked about that transition time that sometimes I take on Sunday and Monday. I think the nap that I sometimes take in the afternoon for no more than 30 minutes before three o'clock, and again it depends on my schedule, I'm not booking my clients around my nap time or my classes around my nap time. I don't think I am actually. (laughs) (laughs) But when that opportunity arises, if I feel like it, I will usually, it's a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, because I journal this, and I am going to throw that out there, that journal for a month. Your everything, your routine when you first get up in the morning, how you slept, what you ate, any medications, supplements, vitamins, when you're exercising, when you're eating, all of that at least for one month at the beginning of each season because that's when it changes and you will be blown away it's so interesting and it is the way you figure out it's a big part actually of the puzzle of your sleep so that's how I know it tends to be uh, Monday Tuesday or Wednesday I set my um, I set the timer I I'm in bed I'm not on the on the couch I'm in bed it's dark and it is set for for 30 minutes, and I am out, and I feel refreshed when I get up, so that may not be what the sleep experts say around, you know, it should be consistent, but it works for me, and it's not every single week, and it's definitely not every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but if I am going to nap, and I feel like I need it, it is in that period of time, and nine times out of ten, it does not affect my sleep at night, because again, I notice, and I journal that. So we already talked about that ten to two that is your diet that 's your digestion have in its pitta time in Ayurveda. It is when our digestive fire is the strongest and yes, I know some of you are going to say if I have a big lunch, for sure i 'm going to nap because i 'm going to be tired in the afternoon. That being said, do play with with the combination of carbohydrates and proteins. If you have, let's say, (laughs) you are having pasta at lunch, even if it is gluten-free, it it can have an effect on you. So you are finding that combination of uh, a lean protein and a carbohydrate, the amount that is keeping you still energized in the afternoon. So, that is something to record and that is something to play with. Now, as we back up from there, we're going back into the morning. Actually, I'll say one thing around noon. If you are um, working and you can even get outside for 10 minutes at noon with the light, without sunglasses on, with the light on you, that is going to benefit you as well. That's going to benefit your sleep. Now, as we back up into the morning, it is again for from a sleep perspective and for your overall health you are having if you can at least a window of a time that you are having your breakfast and even if you are let's say doing a brunch at 10 30. if that's working for you that's fantastic and that is um that is again very very personal and you're recording that, or journaling that, if you're playing with that, perhaps for this month. Now, if you are having, uh, let's say, your breakfast around, let's say you're waking up at six or seven, you're having your breakfast between 8 and 9, that way when you're getting to around lunchtime, again it's about that three hour period of time, then that um, that might be working for you. But let's say you have a night that you are sleeping, you had a rough night, so you end up sleeping in, and you end up getting up at 8 or 9, you end up, you know, eating, all your meals at a different different time. You're might you you're having your caffeine at a different time. Just notice, it's going to happen. But if that wake-up time changes on a daily basis, it, it impacts the whole rest of your day. It impacts every single um, chemical and hormone in your body, and it for sure will impact your sleep at night. And so you say, well, that's interesting i 'm going to see if I can bring this down to a window that I have my let's say first meal by eight a m in the morning that my caffeine is finished by nine or ten and just notice what happens so the other point I just want to leave you with as we've kind of we've backed it right back up to the morning now I am going to remind you when you open your eyes. Feeling uh, or expressing gratitude for, it might be for the night, it might be gratitude for people, pets, anything in your life. As you open your eyes, you are setting the tone for the day, what you're looking forward to, do some light movement, and then moving on into your day. So the last little piece of research I'm going to leave you with is this is uh, from uh, WebMD, which I love to to pop on every now and again and see what's uh, what's going on with the research. This comes from Dr. Michael Bruce, PhD, also known as the Sleep Doctor. For those of you that follow him, he says every single human just as soon as possible at after waking up should go outside and get at least 15 minutes of direct natural light. This simple life hack reflects a growing body of scientific evidence linking ample exposure to bright light early in the day to everything from better sleep and clearer thinking to improve mental health and reduced risk of obesity and diabetes. So if that doesn't motivate you to get your eyeballs outside I- in the light. Now, I also use a light box or a sad light, love it, love it, love it, from fall right through to early spring. Now, and that is, again, for that those 40 below mornings, or if it's not safe for you to go out in the morning, then those lights, again, are scientifically proven to work for uh, for some people not everyone that's the thing i want to mention as well so oh my gosh i know these sleep episodes are a little bit longer and i could probably go on for much longer but i am going to stop there for now today and let you play it might be Saturday morning that you're listening to this, uh, to this episode, or you might be driving and listening to this. My number one suggestion is to start to journal. Start to notice the flow of your day. Uh, think of that 80-20 rule as you go through, but really making that connection to the decisions that you're making, specifically at the beginning of the day for your future self, and your future self is your sleeping self. So thinking about as you move through your day that these decisions are going to have an impact on your sleep and you've got the power. You have the power for sure. So let's take a breath. I need to take a breath. (laughs) Soft inhale in. Long exhale out. And know that as you've listened to this episode today, you are exactly where you're supposed to be, listening to exactly what you're supposed to be listening to. And I'm going to throw it out there for your future self. So as you end with a mantra, with a word or a phrase that speaks to you, I'll end with right here right now all is good if you love this episode I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together so come on over to my Facebook group Women's Wellness Community for women wanting to rock their me now years or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365 and make the Habit Guru podcast your healthy new habit.